A-M-I-R-Y-E. It's that podcast with Simi Rai. I'm so looking forward to this episode this week. There's so much to talk about. We have more video game information than anything we talked about recently. We got more TV shows than anything that we've covered recently. And there's so much coming out of Hollywood, particularly from Marvel, the D23 conference. So much exciting things. I'm going to give you my perspective as a writer, as a person who's interested in these things, a fan. If you don't know what it is that you're looking for, you're saying, hey, Sammy, I don't know. What should I be watching this week? What are some things going on? If I want to try a video game, what is it? What movies? I got it all for you, baby. You don't got to worry about it. I'm going to go through. I'm going to organize everything and give it to you. Right to the, We just want to jump right in. We have no time to waste, basically. Um, it's a little summary of what we're going to touch on. Fallout, Warframe, Fortnite. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on PlayStation 5 and PS4, I guess, if you have that one, too. And um, Werewolf by Night was unveiled for D23. We have a Secret Invasion, which is another Marvel project, The Thunderbolts. American Horror Stories, not story, Horror Stories on Hulu. She-Hulk, House of Dragon. We got a bunch of different things that might even come up along the way. But those are the main points I want to hit this week. Um, a quick shout out, I guess, to Cyberpunk. They have a TV show on Netflix and anime. People are just giving it really, really good reviews. Uh, comparing it to Ghost in the Shell, some of the classic animes. There hasn't really been an adult-themed Cyberpunk anime in a long time. So if you want to check out Edge Runners, it's Cyberpunk Edge Runners on Netflix. I have not seen that yet, but I will throw that out there. If you're looking for what to watch this week, that's something to throw on. Now, I want to, I want to do the video games first, and after the commercial break, we'll do TV and we'll do films. And if you don't play games, you're thinking, I don't know if I should listen to it. No, you want to listen to this because this week I'm, I'm streaming already. I got a stream that's going on on my YouTube channel. If you don't know how to get to my YouTube channel, you can Google Sammy Rye on YouTube or go to SammyRye.com. Again, S-A-M-I-R-Y-E.com. At the very top of the webpage, you'll find my links to my YouTube and all my socials and also my Discord. If you guys want to catch me when I stream, I stream live every Wednesday, 6 p.m., the podcast comes out on Thursdays around 2 a.m. typically. But if you want to catch my stream, sometimes I might go a little bit early. I'm going to run a little bit late based on things I'm doing with the babies. Got the little kitties running around and stuff like this. This week I went 20 minutes early because I had a parent-teacher conference with my, my daughter's teacher. Um, and, I, you know, I want to make sure I got there, right? I got to balance it all. You got to, it's what happens, right? When you, you're making lots of babies and, and the women want you to, you know, give them the seed. Then the seed grows and it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough, but we make it work, right? So you put on notifications. You'll never miss a stream when I go live. And the stream has been taking off. It's been doing really well. I'm probably going to go live more often throughout the weekend, but that's going to be random based on workload and other things that we're doing. We have a lot of writing that we're doing for the Chrome reality, all the Neo Chrome stories. I have about three different short stories right now that I'm finishing. We have the screenplay and a lot, a lot of artwork. I'm really heavy in the artwork trying to get these visuals out. So if you guys don't want to miss anything, turn on that bell notification on YouTube. And if you join our Discord, we have notifications in there too as well. So, She-Hulk, Warframe, Elder Scrolls, all these different things. Let's get Elder Scrolls out the way. What is Elder Scrolls? You guys might know it as Skyrim, right? You guys might know it as uh, Oblivion. But Elder Scrolls is a franchise that makes a lot of different RPG games. And in my opinion, they make the best medieval RPG. So if you're playing, if you're watching House of Dragons and you're kind of in the mood, maybe for some magic, some swords and some shields, there's an Elder Scrolls game out there for you that you probably would really love. 
And, I mean, Skyrim is obviously the number one. They do have, like, the 20th Collector's Edition, 20-year anniversary Collector's Edition that you can buy in most systems. That is obviously perfect if you want it to be completely by yourself and play alone. However, I have to mention that the online version of the game, Elder Scrolls Online, which is different than how Skyrim works, um, but is very well received. They recently had a new expansion pack come out called High Isle, received very high um, you know, critical ratings, and that, that game has been out for years. I remember some person I saw was um, breaking it down, and they had kind of estimated that if you went through all the content, all the stories, and tried to see all the things in that game, that it would take you about 300 hours. They assumed it would take you almost about a year to try to actually complete all the content that's in the game. And a lot of the content that's in the game is free. Oh, one second. Come on in. Hey, baby. You going night-night? Mm-hmm. Come give me a kiss. Give me a kiss on the podcast. I love you. You had a great day today? Come here. Come around this way. Nope, nope. Around this way. One second. One second. You gotta get to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Say hi to everybody. Hi. Hi, everybody. It's Ninjelly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you forgot to do. Give me my two Pokemon cards. I'll give you your Pokemon cards tomorrow. I do have them right over here, and they're going to be extra special. It's going to be a surprise. All right. Then I'll go hop in the bed. I gotta finish the podcast. That's how we do it. We do it live. <laughs> if you completed your challenge, you climbed that rock wall today, you get them Pokemon cards. I got them right over here for you. Mm-hmm. I love you, baby girl. Have a good night. Have a good night. If you guys want a great idea, if you have nieces, nephews, kitties, um, anybody that you want to do something with, an idea I came up with was I went on Amazon. I got myself a big lot of Pokemon cards, a big lot of Legos. You can get a lot of these things. I don't know if you know the officialness of those things, but you can get a bunch of them for like 20, 30 bucks and you'll have a big pack of them. What I like to do is I like to keep those in the house somewhere and then randomly when I think a reward is needed, not like every day, they gotta stretch this thing out, but randomly when something's going on or a challenge is happening, I like to reward my kids with these little different gifts. And my daughter earned two Pokemon cards today, so that was awesome, right? She climbed this rock wall, she's in second grade now, new school. They had an awesome playground. I'm just sharing a little bit of myself and what's going on there. We're going to keep it rolling. Um, Elder Scrolls Online, High Isles. Now, if you never tried it, you can log in. I believe there's a trial that you can play for free. After that, it's not $15 a month. Like, the game is actually free. But I really feel like if you're playing, you want to pay the $15 a month. Like, you can, if you really just don't know and you don't have the money and you're really unsure, then definitely you can log in. You can try Elder Scrolls Online completely for free. But if you're going to start you know, putting some hours into it or you've been on there for four or five hours, there's all kinds of benefits you get from paying the $15 a month. You can cancel whenever you want. I recommend even if you turn on for one month, you just try for $15, you're going to get up. There's a lot of game there. There's a limited game if you have the time to try it out. And you're going to get that experience where you have that um, you know, RPG, medieval kind of stuff going on. I don't know if they have dragons in it. But they might have dragons. And if you don't know, there's another game out, but it's only on PC. I know a lot of people don't play PC games. It's a game called Century Age of Ash. I'm going to double check that, make sure I got the spelling right. Yeah, Age of Ashes. Century is going to come to PS5 and at least Xbox, you know, I don't know what they're called. The X series, the S series. Century is a cool uh, game, but it's just, it's all fighting. It's just no, there's no story mode to it. But if you want to play dragons... It has the best flying mechanics and best combat for dragons I have ever seen. 
It's only on the PC right now, and it is free to play. So it's kind of like a battle royale game where you can unlock cosmetics for your characters and your dragons, that whole thing. And it's free. So if you have a laptop or a PC, definitely try you know check it out. Um, but it is coming to the the actual next gen systems. Um, but it's silly to keep delaying it. So I don't want to talk too much about Century. But yeah, in the meantime, Elder Scrolls Online is a game I would recommend if you're looking for a little fix and you're jonesing. And if you have a PC and you can play Elder Scrolls, the, the actual regular Skyrim game, there's a million mods. Um, I mean, definitely, I can't even get into all the mods there. But Juicehead on YouTube. Juicehead is a guy who talks about mods. And he's the number one place you should go to find out about Skyrim mods, Fallout 4 mods. He breaks them down perfectly. Shout out to Juicehead. He's a great guy. Um, now, another thing I wanted to touch on this week is Warframe. You don't know what Warframe is. This is another free-to-play game. These are the good ones. These aren't the bad ones. These aren't the guys trying to rip you off. You will get value for what you're spending money on. For example, Elder Scrolls Online, you get the game for free and all the other games. This It was not a free-to-play game when it first came out. So you're getting real full games that are now free-to-play. And the only difference is if you pay extra money, you get like you ex you level up faster and you get like cosmetic stuff for like your horse and your house and stuff. Things that aren't necessary. Um Warframe is the same way. Warframe, it's ridiculous how much you get for free in that game. Um that game has been out since I think the beginning of PS3 or PS4, definitely PS4. It has way too many planets to go to. They now have 50 characters, 50 Warframes that you can play as, all with unique abilities. And when I'm talking about unique abilities, if you're playing a shooting game and you're thinking, okay, I can shoot, I can melee someone, maybe I have a knife, maybe I have a grenade. Warframe has like probably 100 different powers that you can use, different ideas when you're fighting. One example I'll give is the new 50th Warframe, which if you log into Warframe, you can get it for free up until September 22nd. So this will be coming out on the 15th. That means you have about six, seven days after hearing this podcast. All you got to do, if you have a system that can play it, either it's, again, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, download Warframe, log in, make your basic account, boom. They're going to give you the newest Warframe for free. You also get a Warframe for free when you start. Like You can pick one of the first starting three ones. Um, you always want to pick the guy that looks like a ninja. I believe that's Excalibur. Let me make sure I got that right. If anyone's listening to this, Excalibur Warframe. I'm pretty sure his name is Excalibur. Yeah, Excalibur is like the main ninja Warframe. And that's the one you want to pick when you first start. If not, you know, look up a video like 2022, should I play Warframe? How to get back into Warframe? There's lots and lots of tips because there's 50 characters, but you do not need them all. You could just focus on one. That's what I recommend doing. Just play Excalibur the whole way. It's nice that you unlock the newest one. I mean, the newest one's name is like Stintex. They're, they're, I don't like, I didn't originally like at least, the, the art of Warframe and how trippy it is. Like all, like it's, it's, it's what I like to call hi-fi, where it's happening really far in the future and there's a lot of crazy ideas. But once you start wrapping your head around it, and there's definitely a lot of great YouTube channels that break down the lore and the story, I think better than what's actually you know represented in the game. Um, it's a pretty cool idea of everything going on in Warframe. I don't want to spoil anything. But the combat is great. It's a PvE game, so it's you and your friends fighting the computer. There's some PvP. I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think the game is built for that. It's recommended like you and your friends try to think of the craziest ways to tune out your, your machine robot guys that you're fighting in. 
to just destroy and kill the enemies as fast as possible, as crazy as possible. To give you some ideas, there's some Warframes in that game that use music to kill people. And you can actually go in and program the song. You can make your own song, and this death song will play. You can even dance with your Warframe as the sounds tear apart the armor from the enemies and kill them. Meanwhile, someone else to have, like the newest one has a Spears. He's like a Spartan from, from 300. So he has a shield and he can bash like 85 people by sending out all this energy from his shield. He also can jump into the air and throw all these javelins down. It's insane and it's super fun. It's very easy to play once you get into it. I picked it up recently just to give it a try because I wanted to see how the new Warframe was. And it's a great game. Elder Scrolls and Warframe are both games. If you invest into it, you're not going to be ha- you're not going to be unhappy about it, right? There's different Warframes that you can earn. You can earn pretty much everything in that game. It just takes a while. You can farm all the parts and you can make all the Warframes. Or if you got some cheddar cheese, you can go ahead and buy something for $10, $20 here or there. And that'll speed things up. But honestly, with Warframe, I'm saying again, you really don't need to spend any money on that game. For maybe like a month or two, see if you really like it. And then if you want to go ahead and buy yourself a nice little Warframe, you can. But you don't need to buy them. You can really just farm them. I personally don't like it. I don't have the time anymore to farm something, like go do a mission, kill a boss 10 times, and he might drop you know, a helmet, he might drop a suit, and you get them all together and you can actually build the Warframe. That's kind of cool, and, it's, and the, the missions are fun. But um, that kind of stuff for me eventually gets repetitive. So if I'm playing and I want a Warframe, I'm more likely going to buy that Warframe over time, level that Warframe up, play with that Warframe, use that different you know style, and there's 50 of them, so there's a lot of ones that you don't have to play with. I would look up a video that breaks down the Warframes. There's not really right or wrong Warframes. It's just which ones you think are right for you and what styles you'll like to play. And there's a ton of them. Like the music one, I fell in love with. It instantly became my favorite Warframe, but I already had probably like eight other Warframes at the time that I also loved. So that's the kind of you know situation you can get into Warframe, where they keep making cool stuff, and that's how the community keeps playing. And it's the only game I know of where you can earn the in-game currency, like the stuff that you will pay for with money. You can actually earn it, and then you can like sell it and trade it off to other people. I don't know, like I don't think you can transfer it out of Warframe to make real-life money, but basically you can be in control of the the video game money, right? So like, you can find certain items in the game and then sell them off for the in-game money. So if you're thinking of Fortnite, which is probably the most popular in-game money system, they have V-Bucks. When you buy V-Bucks, you give them to the makers of Fortnite. You can't give them to other players. You can't buy skins off other players. That's not the case in Warframe. In Warframe, you can buy the items that your other players find. You can buy things from them. So if maybe you you already got a Warframe and you don't mind grinding, you can grind the parts for Warframe and sell them for what's basically the real-life money and then take that money and then use it to buy other things. It's a cool, unique feature if you're into that sort of thing. If you're into that entrepreneur kind of thing, you don't mind grinding. There's definitely some work you can do in Warframe. Now, um, all that going on, before we go to the commercial break, the last big games I want to talk about are going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Fallout, and Fortnite. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Calabunga Collection, I have to mention it because I'm hearing a lot of good things about it. It's an arcade-style game. If you ever played any of the Turtle games, I believe it's a newer game. But my friends are all saying good things. It's got rave reviews online. If you want an arcade-style game, definitely check out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Calabunga Collection. That's something I think a lot of people are interested in. I loved those games when I was younger. I now look, I lean more towards the longer multiverse, big open world games. 
Um, so I probably won't be playing it myself, but I had to throw it out there because everyone I'm talking to who likes those kind of games are talking about that game. And I want to let you guys know. Bumping right into that, we're going to go into Fallout. Fallout 76 is a game that has a bad reputation. And I like justice. I like when things are are being you know, handled justly, right? And Fallout 76 no longer deserves its bad reputation. Um, I see people in the community still complain about the game in different kinds of ways. I honestly feel like it's all unjustified at this point. They're really just babies that are just used to complaining about Fallout 76. The game is amazing. Um, I bought it for $30 on a sale a while ago. Me and my wife, you know, played a whole lot of it. I actually ended up buying three copies, I think. I bought one for my son also. We had a lot, a lot of fun. If you have a person you can play with, that game is amazing. And a lot of games are, are good with friends, but Fallout 76 is great because for a modern game, it is one of the only games that actually feel like a fully fleshed out world that you can live in. Now you can come home, turn it on, and you can have it on for eight hours a day and do things all day with like real people, with your friends in your house, your family in your house, with people you meet online. I mean... I remember like one time me and my wife went to like hang out at this guy's house in the game. We were like helping him decorate. Then like we went and on helping do missions to find more items for his house. And then like he helped us do some missions we had to do for a quest. And really like it was it was an experience where like you could like put your controller down, walk away, go do something else, come back and just keep on playing. It was like having people over. It was one of the most fun things that me and my wife ever, ever got into when we were playing Fallout 76. I highly recommend it if you have multiple systems. I actually bought a second PlayStation and hooked up another TV in my living room. So me and my wife both had them. And then we were doing that while she was in school. I think for about six months, I think we played that pretty consistently. And um, it was better than Netflix. It was better than watching TV. It was better than most things. It was a lot of fun playing Fallout 76. Uh, and then even playing by myself. There was a lot of times I would play and just have my own characters and other things that I was doing. And the game, I think, offers a great world, a really realized world. And the new update, the reason I'm bringing it up, is called The Pit. Now, if you play Fallout, I believe Fallout 3, they added The Pit, which is basically Pennsylvania. It's a place in Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh, um, based around the theme of like a steel mill, like an industrial area. It's for the first time ever in Fallout 76, you can leave West Virginia, where the game takes place, and you can travel to Pennsylvania. And you can do these missions. You can't just go there whenever you want. It's like a daily expedition. I think you can do twice. But for the average person, that's more than enough. You're not going to be going over there over and over again. And I really hope that they keep on adding to this system. Um, it, the truth is, is about Fallout 76 is the game is kind of like a beta for Bethesda multiplayer games. So it does always feel like they're trying things out then maybe one day they'll make like a more grounded game where it's like really fleshed out or maybe like Fallout 5 will have a fully fleshed out multiplayer. The next Elder Scrolls game perhaps, like the next Skyrim or whatever, will have a full multiplayer. 76 feels like they're testing a lot of things, but that can be exciting because a lot of different ideas come into the game. The game changes a lot. Just in a few months, they add all kinds of systems and mechanics and try things out. Um, I think you can tell that they are definitely experimenting, but in a way where they're trying to set up whatever their franchise is going to be for the next 10 years. It may not be Fallout 76. That might be like their playground where they're testing things, but it's a fun test. And again, if you go into that game and you've never played, there is years worth of content for you to go through. There's so much cool things to see. And I've really seen um, a lot of good things about the Pittsburgh update. Again, they call it the Pit. I think that's really cool. And if you ever like Fallout and you've been, you played the actual Pit DLC, 
this is a really cool place to go back to. It's not the you're not going to be on like the same exact map. You'll be like in the area, so you don't have to worry about like oh, I already did that. I already know everything. I already know the characters. It's another area that's nearby the area you went originally. Pretty much like the same exact area, but just different. Again, it kind of gives them a reason to do it different. So I would definitely recommend checking out Fallout 76. If they ever have it on sale, when I played it, it was a free weekend. At the end of the free weekend, they offered it half off. That's how I got into it. But you're going to get, it's like the pit doesn't cost money. That's a free update. They do all their updates for free. They also make money by selling decorations for your house, decorations for your characters. If you don't want these things, you don't have to get them. And there is a ton of decorations already in the game. There's a ton of outfits already in the game. It's not one of those games where all the good stuff is reserved for those who are just paying. There's lots of stuff that you can get. Because again, I believe this was also a game that came out and was meant to be a full price game. And eventually they went to that freemium um, you know, business model. And those are great because you know when you go in, the game is designed for you to have all this content. You can unlock yourself for basically now the price of pretty much free. But 76 does still sell for a price. I think that's now 30 bucks. Elder Scrolls Online is completely free. I think if 76 ever gets to the point where they decide to let it be free, a lot of players are going to come into that game and try it out. Um, and I'm just recommending if you guys are out there listening and you're interested, try it out now. Um, the last thing I'm going to talk about before we go to commercial break is Fortnite. I've been real quiet on the podcast about Fortnite over the last three months because I wasn't playing this Fortnite season. I would check in every once in a while, do a quest here or there. But really, I've just been kind of, you know, tied up with a lot of other things. And also, the vibin' summer theme wasn't exciting to me. It felt like a season you could skip. Um, the skins and the battle pass, I wasn't that excited. And um, yeah, I just really didn't feel the need to do it. I had did a lot of other stuff this summer. But now that the season's coming to an end, the next season, which starts, I believe, Sunday. I'm going to say Sunday. Um, which is September 18th. I would say Sunday is going to be when the new season is starting. So if you're interested in popping your head into Fortnite, I would treat this current season as ending on Saturday. A lot of times they end on like 4 or 5 o'clock Saturday, Eastern Standard Time. They shut the servers down. And at some point the game comes back up, usually like Sunday morning. But, you know, I never know. I never know exactly. They don't. I don't think they've put out an official time, not what I see anywhere. But if you want to go check it out for the next few days, it gives you about three or four days just to kind of see what they have there. Maybe get a few of the lower level skins. The actual map is great. The mechanics are great. I did get to stream it today on the stream that I did. But the, the coolest thing about it was hopping in and seeing like the end of the map. All the things they put in, all the quests. There's tons of things to do. Easy to get. Lots and lots of levels. I was like level 30 like three or four days ago. And then after playing for maybe like a collective five or six hours, I'm like level 90-something. It's ridiculous, right? I, and there's all these quests to do. And they have some good offers in the item shop. There's currently an offer where you can like um, an, an, an offer where you can play, you can pay like, um, you could buy a skin, a character. And it, he has a mission that if you go around and find his tokens, you can get 28 levels, like instantly levels you 28 levels as you pick up those tokens. That was a fun mission. It let me explore the map. It took me to a lot of places I normally wouldn't go following those tokens. So normally it might seem like tedious or not that fun. But remember, you're doing this live in a Battle royal match. So as you're traveling around, people will try to kill you. It's one of the most fun things about Fortnite. When you're doing your missions and then instead of fighting AI characters, you might have real people trying to outsmart you and kill you. Um, at every turn, You know they don't know what you're doing. They don't know why you're there. And you don't even know why they're trying to kill you. 
And it's a very fun, you know, intellectual process where you're trying to map out your missions. Do I want to fight? Do I want to run? Um, you know, getting around the map, doing everything. I highly recommend Fortnite. This is a season I kind of relaxed on. But seeing some of my friends get into it and getting ready for the next season made me want to get back in there. I th I'm pretty sure I'm going to clear the battle pass. I'm actually aiming for level 120 now, um, which is ridiculous. I was able to catch up that fast. Um, but I'm at the point now where I've played for so many years. I know, you know, how to start comboing my quests. I like to do as many quests as possible whenever I make a little run and see how many I can get done and get all those big XP, like, you know, chaining it all together. I don't play for the deathmatch. I play for that. I like trying to solve the problems, get this story done. I think the story is very good in Fortnite sometimes. Um, the vibing missions just seem kind of laid back. So I wasn't too interested in what was going on with the, like, the summer storyline. But I'm really excited for them getting back to hopefully a more aggressive, um, you know, in-your-face, you know, a catastrophe about to happen kind of story. And there's something going on with Chrome. Now, you know, I'm all about Chrome, right? If you know me, my, my company, the things we do, the Chrome reality, my book's Neo Chrome. Um, I love the concept of Chrome. I love how it looks, all this stuff. And they have this liquid Chrome metal thing they have going on for their theme this, this season. And it says... Um, it's like Chrome, it will consume everything. I'm like, well, that sounds awesome. I mean, what is, is it T-1000? Is it is it liquid metal? Is it some kind of alien? I don't know what they're going to do. It's Fortnite, right? They're crazy. So I'm super excited for the new season. Definitely think you guys should check it out. It's going to be on Sunday. And what I always do is, you know, that's Sunday, that Monday, Tuesday. That's kind of when I decide if I'm going to play the season or not. And if I'm going to, you know, hop on in and get into it, check out the season's past skins. And if there's people I want to unlock... There's a lot of rumors. I don't like getting into rumors for Fortnite too much, but what I'm hearing the most is that Ghost Spider might be one of the skins. Also, Miles Morales. That would make sense, but I wouldn't like hold it necessarily. I mean, they might even like sell that skin at some point. Like people were talking about Dragon Ball Z coming to the game for I think like four or five seasons, and they came to the game this season. I bought Vegeta. That was a character I really wanted to have in my arsenal. Um, but yeah, that's something that definitely check it out and, and go see. If you're interested, I hear there's some Dragon Ball Z quests. I don't know if you can still do those, but there are some really cool ideas and skins that they already have in the game. So just inside the season pass, or if you don't mind spending money, if you ever played Fortnite before, ton of stuff to have there, or just go ahead and play for free, get a little taste of it and get excited for what they have coming up. Um, you know, for the next season starting on Sunday. That's everything for the first half of the podcast. When we get back, we're going to hop into House of Dragons, She-Hulk, American Horror Stories, and everything I thought about, my reaction for D23, my perspective on it as a writer, different things I would love to work with Marvel, different things I would love to do with them, and seeing some of the things they're doing and how they're positioning their characters is super exciting. It's not what I expected. So I'm going to get into that as soon as I get back from this commercial break. I hope you guys are enjoying that podcast with Sammy Rye. We'll be right back. And we're back with that podcast with Sammy Rye. Again, if you guys haven't checked out SammyRye.com, my link to my Discord is there. My link to my YouTube. Turn on notifications and bells and all those fun things because I'm be streaming this weekend a lot for Fortnite. And if I see any other cool updates, I might be hopping online. I do drop exclusive offers, um, different things I find on sale in my Discord. Also, giveaways. I'm working on the September giveaway. I don't know if we're going to do art because I have some original art that I'm working on. I'm not sure if we're going to do a print. I don't know if people really want that right now, but in the Discord is where we can talk about it. So if you guys are interested, send me ideas. We can do another money giveaway. Um, yeah, it's really up to whatever. 
So whatever the community is really interested in that we're building here with the Samurai Syndicate, everybody over at Discord, I'm really excited to see what you guys think about that. And I'm really having a lot of fun with the YouTube channel, um, basically the live stream, which is going to be now on all platforms in a few, in a few weeks. We're working on that, expanding on that, figuring out a lot of things. My, my stream I did today, the first 40 minutes, my mic was muted, and I could not believe it. But someone came in around minute 40, and they told me, and then after that, I felt like it was the best stream ever. It got really good. I thought it was really funny. We, me and the person in the stream were talking, having a good time. Um, and they subscribed, which is awesome. So thank you so much for Nick for dropping by on the stream. That was a really fun experience for me. My first time trying to stream for the PS5, I had streamed from it before, and I did some test videos. But that was my first time really going for it. And it, I ran some different, like, not even problems. It's just that it works differently on the PS5 than the PS4. So it wasn't optimal. It kind of made me feel like I want to stream on the PS4 more. But that's not the case. Like, I got to make it work for the PS5 because there's a lot of fun games in there, a lot of fun things I want to see. And then I think the stream just looks better when you're playing Fortnite on the PS5. So, like, yeah, I have to make it work. So I have some ideas already after the stream, thanks to Nick and the feedback I was getting. So when you guys join the Discord and stuff like that, you guys talk to me and let me know. I can make things better. And it's awesome seeing how much things have grown in just the last two months with your help. Um, so back into what we're talking about this week. I saw American Horror Stories on Hulu. They're in season two, about eight episodes out. And if you like horror any kind of way, I think this is a really good formula for American Horror Story. I feel like the show itself, when they would try to get one idea and drag it out for 10 or 15 episodes, it was very hit or miss. Um, some ideas, you know, they, they could stretch that long. Other ideas, I feel like they really got into a territory where they were just doing random American horror story type things. Like just throwing in gratuitous sex, random sex for no reason, random deaths for no reason, betrayals for no reason. It was like almost soap opera-ish, which isn't bad. But there was just so many great seasons of American Horror Stories, like Hotel, which is probably my favorite season. It's, it's hard for me to enjoy some of the other ones because I've seen how good the show can be at times where it's not just kind of like relying on like the cheap, the cheap thrills. Um, not that I have a problem with cheap thrills, but I, I would rather it be kind of, you know, confined to a more coherent story with more believable character development. What I like about American Horror Stories is they're short and sweet. So if it's an episode and it's not that great or you're not really sure if you're really that interested in it, maybe it's not your brand of horror, it doesn't matter because the next episode, new cast pretty much, except for maybe a few cameos, and then a whole new story, a whole new situation. I don't know if it's all in the same world. Some of them seem to maybe suggest that they're in the same, like, American Horror Stories world. It doesn't matter. Some of the stories are just, you know, niche little stories, and that's great. So I've enjoyed all the episodes pretty much. I don't think there's any really bad episodes. There were some I had like a little issue with where I'm like, I don't know about that one. That might be a little stretching it a little far. But again, I'm like, well, hit play. The next episode is on. And you guys, if you've never seen it before, there's two seasons worth of content to go see. And I really, really enjoyed it. So American Horror Stories, I would recommend that a lot. Um, I just, I'm on episode eight right now. I don't know if they have any more episodes coming out this season. I thought they finished at six. And then two more episodes came out, right? So I don't know if they have a schedule. I haven't even looked it up. It's just something that comes on Hulu, and I've been enjoying it. So I definitely recommend checking out American Horror Stories. Um, now, the show that I am completely focused on, if I have a number one show right now, if I had to pick, I'm sorry, it's She-Hulk. 
You can call me a Marvel mark. I don't care. I love the MCU. I really believe that the storytelling they're telling, it inspires me. It inspires my writing and things that I'm doing when I'm creating my stories for Neo Chrome and everything that I have going on. I'm always looking at the MCU, and it's funny because I feel like as I'm learning, they're teaching new things. They're, I thought after Infinity War and Endgame that I understood everything that Marvel was going to do. And while seeing the things that they're doing with D23 and even with She-Hawk, I'm realizing that, oh no, they have plenty of other ideas and, and formula, which I always like about Marvel. It's formula. It's not just, you know, random writing, which is what you get from pretty much every other creative, you know, endeavor from anyone. You get random artistic impulses. Marvel takes all these different ideas, but runs it through some sort of formula that they are controlling. And they give you a very refined, reliable product. Sometimes it might not be the best show in the world. Sometimes it might be something you're particularly interested in because they're covering lots of genres, lots of types of shows. So, like, I know some people didn't like Miss Marvel because it's kind of more of a show aimed at younger kids. That's fine. I know some people didn't like, you know, uh, WandaVision. Maybe it's something they feel like is aimed towards people who have a love for Dick Van Dyke and the older black and white sitcoms of television or sitcoms in general, really. If you don't like that whole gimmick... You know, then, then I understand why you wouldn't like it. I think for WandaVision, the last few episodes, I thought were the best, but they kind of got away from the gimmick of the whole sitcom thing. So if they did a second season and they said, we're not going to do sitcoms anymore, we're going to just do, you know, a straight up show like how we did the last few episodes, I think that'd be a lot better. Um, Loki, I feel like is a show that gets a lot of, it got a lot of hate because the show is very slow and has a lot of information that is dumping so I'm hoping Loki Season 2 tries to become more fun, maybe picks up the spirit of Thor, or goes into its own direction. But I definitely think it needs to become more of a fun show, not a show that's full of so much exposition, so much talking, so much explaining the multiverse. It's kind of not really showing you Loki, the god of mischief, mischief, and like if that person was a hero trying to fix things, what would that end up being like? I really would like to see them kind of explore that more. So maybe they felt like they had to really develop the character a lot in Season 1, and it took a long time developing the character. But hopefully Season 2 is a lot more fun. I saw that the, the actor who plays Short Round from Indiana Jones, he's joining the cast. He recently was in a movie called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, that movie got a lot of great reviews. So, I mean, him joining the cast, I don't know if he's going to be funny or what's he going to be doing. I mean, it's just one of those things, I guess, if you like the 80s, you like Indiana Jones, it's nice to know he's joining the show. But we'll have to see. Um, another thing that looks really cool is Werewolf by Night is a show, or actually I think it's like a, it's like a, like a one or two part like movie or whatever, but Werewolf by Night is like a story. It's like, you know, when you have comic books and you have all this connected tissue in the MCU, in, in comics sometimes you go into the comic book store and there would just be a comic. It might be called something else. It might have a different theme. It might take characters you know and put them in a very weird place. I think there was one comic. I'm not going to get the year wrong. But it was called like 1972 or maybe like 1882. I don't know what year it was. But the idea was those like Marvel characters and like colonial periods. Which is a very weird idea to think about. But it was kind of cool and the art was really good. And it was just a different way to see those characters portrayed in a different time period. So I feel like um, Werewolf by Night is that. I know in the game I play Marvel Strike Force, there's a character called, I think, El Elsa Bloodstone. And she's getting a Werewolf by Night skin. And it's like a black and white TV show kind of thing. So it's supposed to look like Creature of the Black Lagoon and those older kind of horror movies. And um, yeah, it's coming to Disney+. Plus. I'm excited for that. 
I don't think it's going to have any like major, you know, tie into the multiverse or whatever or the actual shows. I'm not sure if they have announced if it's canon or not. Um, or maybe they're going to do that thing where it's like, oh, it, it is a universe that exists. It's like a black and white TV universe. And it's like, okay, you know, will that matter? Will they will they ever have any significant impact in the overall story of the MCU? I, I doubt it. I remember watching the What If shows and thinking that everything that happened there was going to somehow have a big impact into the movies. And I feel like barely nothing had an impact except for the fact that we we knew that they both existed in a similar, you know, kind of world. I remember watching Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness thinking at some point they might have a real serious cartoon sequence or a cartoon character would turn into a real actor and then that person would be a part of now the MCU. And that didn't happen, at least not in that movie. Maybe he's laying the groundwork and they are going to do these things later. But I'm not going into Werewolf by Night hoping it has a big impact on the MCU. I'm just hoping that it is an interesting, you know, one-shot kind of story. Um, and it looks really cool because you haven't seen anything like that in a long time. One of those things where it's like it's so old it's new. Like we haven't seen that style of horror done. So I'm interested in seeing that a lot and what other kind of characters they get into. Um, but the overall biggest things, the last two big things I think that come out of D23 that I think I feel like talking about is Secret Invasion and the Thunderbolts. Now, this shouldn't really be any surprise because these are the two biggest things, I think. I think they're the two biggest announcements coming out of D23. I mean, you have Ant-Man and some of the stories going along there. But I feel like no matter what, you know, Ant-Man hopefully is a good Ant-Man movie. I don't think that Ant-Man is going to, you know, be one of the movies that then we look back on and be like, oh, you have to see Ant-Man 3. That was like, that's the one, right? It has Kang the Conqueror in it for the first time. And he's supposed to be in a, a character, but I don't know how much it's really going to matter. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe they're positioning Ant-Man to say, hey, like you're like the new Iron Man, or you're like one of the main, main characters now in this next phase. We'll have to see. But I feel like they haven't treated Ant-Man like that in the past. I feel like usually it's been a family story, and it's kind of one of those things that you can kind of skip it if you're not really into the character, or you don't really have like a family, whatever. Like I like the movies to watch them with my families. However... That may not be what you're looking for. And I could also be wrong, right? Like I said, Marvel, I, I've learned so much from Marvel, but I feel like they're also going to new territory. So maybe they feel like, yeah, Ant-Man's going to be the new, like, number one person in the MCU, and this movie is, like, crucial to everything that's about to happen. So hopefully it is. Um, like, Thor Love, Love and Thunder, if you haven't seen it and you're really just kind of interested in the overall story of the MCU, maybe you're not, like, really into Thor... You don't have to see it. I don't feel like anything about it really affects the MCU in any kind of way. Maybe down the road, maybe they're laying down some groundwork or they're explaining a few concepts. But again, I don't feel like Thor was really, you know, them making it as big as it could have been. Um, and I don't know, maybe they're saving that for Guardians 3 or what. But yeah, I just didn't feel like it had the same kind of impact that I was hoping it was going to have. And I'm hoping Ant-Man steps it up, but I'm not really holding my breath for it. I think we'll have to see if they do another Avengers movie or at some other point where they really start focusing, you know, what this whole new part of the Marvel Universe is going to be. There's still a lot of questions that need to be answered. Black Panther obviously looks interesting, but they're still being real mysterious about that. Ironheart has a show coming out, but they're being mysterious about that. So it's hard to go off of what they're planning on doing with any of these things. Um, now, with Secret Invasion, where they do have a trailer out for it, I think it's cool, and but everyone's talking about this gimmick where maybe one of the Avengers or somebody in the MCU has been a scroll this entire time. 
it is not going to matter. I'm telling you, it's not going to matter. I, it, whatever person they reveal and they say this person's a scroll, I do not feel like it's going to be a character where then you're like, oh, yeah, like that is such a big deal. Like if, if you find out that Nick Fury was a scroll for like five of the movies that he was in, what does it matter if the scroll, who's also a good guy, shows up and tells the Avengers the next thing they have to do and leave? Um, it's fun. It would be a cool, like, you know, who done it kind of thing. I just feel like the internet is blowing it way out of proportion. I don't think they're going to destroy a character. That's what they'd be doing. If they have a good character, and you say, oh, Captain America, aha, he actually was a scroll the whole time, and you destroy the idea that he wasn't really a good guy or he did all these horrible things, that's something that you don't want to do in a movie, and that would gain them, you know, no press, no, like, it would gain them nothing good, I think, to try to have a good character all of a sudden be some bad guy scroll. I think a, I think a good character could be a good scroll who also wants to do good things, and then we're just basically questioning like the logic like behind you know who it could be. A Black Widow would be the cheapest one, right? And you say, well, that's a scroll, and then that's how you, you lost Black Widow, but they kind of already addressed that in What If, so they, you don't have to really worry about Black Widow. The only other person I could think of. They would kind of be cool if they wanted to really do it different. Um, obviously, the first person that comes to mind is Quicksilver, but that would also be cheating. Why did he never show up again? How did Wanda not realize it was a scroll? So it probably couldn't be Quicksilver. That's kind of like, like a fan in my head thinking. Um, but I can't think of another person that would really it would really matter or benefit if they were a scroll. I see people saying like War Machine maybe, but again. War Machine doesn't do anything in the main stories that are that different if he also was a hero scroll. Like, that's also good. It's not a bad thing. Um, and I feel like they would just be like, oh, and the real War Machine was on another planet fighting a war and, like, protecting people. So you still know the hero is doing hero things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't destroy the story. But Secret of Asia still will be fun. Don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be fun to see who in the current story, in the TV show, who they mix around. I think it'll do much more of that. But I wouldn't go to it thinking, oh my god, are they going to forever change the storyline of the MCU using this TV show on Disney Plus? I, I I would bet money, absolutely not. I do not think that's something they're going to do. I wouldn't worry about it. But people like to speculate and have fun, so there's nothing wrong with that either. Last thing I want to touch on was Thunderbolts. Another thing where I think people are looking at it and they're thinking, oh, this is Suicide Squad. Oh, this is a team of really evil bad guys because in the comic book... The Dark Avengers, and the, which eventually became the Thunderbolts, they were so evil. They were doing all these evil things. If that was ever on the table, I believe that is being completely removed from the table. The fact that they've announced the team and Bucky Barnes is on the team, and I feel like that's that's what that's now you that's that's what you have to understand. The Thunderbolts are going to be. It's going to be the Winter Soldier's version of the Avengers, and it lines up with the other characters. Red Guardian is like. Winter Soldier, where, like, he would kill someone. He has a dark sense of humor. It's not that he's not against it, but the Red Guardian doesn't believe himself to be a villain. He's not trying to do evil things. He just has a moral code that's a little loose. So it's a very lighthearted, very light version of a anti-hero. It's not Punisher. It's not, you know, Ghost Rider. It's not Batman in the alleyway beating people to death. I don't think it's going to be that. I think you might get some moments like we got in the Captain America, you know, um, Falcon show or the Falcon Winter Soldier show where like maybe you have someone like, you know, a graphic moment where they kill someone maybe questionably, but it's not going to be, you know, it's, it's Marvel, it's the MCU. 
It's not going to be this horrible, crazy thing that they can't come back from. So again, I think everyone online is thinking like, oh man, is Marvel about to go off the deep end and start doing like hardcore movies? I don't think so. And I don't think you want that. I think fans a lot of times don't want the things they think they want because you can't put these these things back in the bottle. Once you walk them out of the bottle and you have these people doing this stuff in the MCU, it's not what you want. You don't want your characters like Bucky who's going through all this stuff, right? Winter Soldier's going through all this stuff to be a good person. And you understand that maybe he feels like he has to work with the government. Maybe he has to work with the Thunderbolts for some reason. However, is he going to start murdering people, you know, like it doesn't matter anymore? If he's murdering anyone, it's not going to be anybody important. I don't think they're going to do that to the character, especially when they're assembling them or they're bringing an ensemble cast or putting them together. And they're probably just going to break them apart. I mean, they have characters like Ghost on the team. These are characters that need to be developed. We need to learn more about ghosts. We need to care about ghosts. It's going to be hardest to do that if ghosts is just maiming and murdering people the whole time. Same thing with Taskmaster. They added Taskmaster to the team. I don't know if they're going to change them, change the outfits. They might even add more characters. Maybe these characters don't actually stay on the team the whole time. But if you have these actors available and these characters are there, they're all younger. It seems like it would probably put some time and energy into developing the Thunderbolts and having them be a legit, you know, these alternative version of the Avengers they can go to every once in a while. But I don't think it's going to be this super hardcore, uh, I don't know, Frank Miller image comic style, you know, um, TV show, movie kind of thing. I don't think that Marvel's ever going to go into that territory. Even with Deadpool, I feel like from some of the interviews Kevin Feige has done, he's explained that they're more than happy, you know, to have Deadpool in the MCU. He's in the MCU. But they don't have to do, like, something that's really questionable or crazy just to get people to watch, you know, that, that show um, or those, those movies. And actually, that kind of rolls me into what really should be the last thing of the show, which is House of Dragons. I didn't really touch on House of Dragons. And with She-Hulk, I'll just say that I think it's doing great. It's super funny. It's my favorite show. I've watched every episode multiple times. I think it, it says a lot about a lot of current things. It touches on a lot of the meta of what it is to make Marvel shows. I think it's funny how they make fun of, like, you know... um. The, the ways people talk about She-Hulk online is kind of how people in real life talk about She-Hulk online. I think they work all that stuff in great and really helps them control the narrative of them trying to move into a new direction, which I think they're doing with She-Hulk. That's everything I'll say about that. Technically, the last thing I'll end the podcast on is House of Dragons. Anything about the shock factor, right? We're on episode four so far this this um this year as the recording of this podcast. And when I think about House of Dragons... I think it's a really good show. I think that it's going to have a lot of difficulties with the book and the fan base online. Online is difficult when you're watching House of Dragons because people are constantly trying to spoil things and tell you things. You kind of have to just not care at this point because it's on something that's so established, like the books are done already. But you have to just not care and just try to enjoy it. But then they're kind of changing certain things. They're being a little vague with other things that are happening on the show. And I don't know if they're doing that on purpose to just like not stir up too much controversy or to to basically not upset certain people. But like the most recent episode, they had a, a really important situation on the show with two characters, and it wasn't really cleanly explained on the show what happened. And then the director explained it like afterwards, and they're like talking dragons show where where like they come and interview everybody and ask them some questions. I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that I had to wait for somebody, like, like, a, like a director's commentary, basically, to explain to me something that happened in the show. Um, the show has been doing great. It's an amazing show. But I feel like they need to stick the landing on some of those things. They need to say, this is what this show is about. This is what we do. 
I like that it's kind of a people-pleasing show. I feel like. I feel like they're trying to make most people happy and trying to do a lot of cool things. But I feel like they also might be scared to do anything controversial that will like upset a lot of people. So they're like kind of like tiptoeing around controversy and teasing controversy. But I feel like they don't know if they're going to really you know, put their foot down in it. But the story overall is good. So I think that they are kind of getting away with maybe shedding their reputation. Maybe trying to help you realize that they don't have to always do those scandalous things. They still can have good acting, a good story, good scene locations, good sets. And then you're still going to enjoy it. So if they can do that, more power to them. But I would like to see if they kind of lean in and really kind of put their foot down and say, look, these are decisions we made creatively. These are the things that we're doing. And most of them are people-pleasing. But every once in a while, you're going to have to upset somebody. And I would like to see that out of them. But those are all the things I wanted to cover this week. There's so much stuff I probably can get into. But I'm trying to keep it brief and hit on everything so everything would fit into the show. Definitely thank you guys so much for all the support. We're over a 1,000 plays this year. That's a big accomplishment for me personally, being that like over a year ago, I had no plays on the podcast. We got our first subscribers on the YouTube channel. That's starting off to be good. And I'm really excited about the books we're going to be publishing and all the art that we're working on. I have a lot of stuff that I want to see happen this year and then definitely kicking off next year really strong with your guys' support. So check out SammyRide.com if you can. Hopefully I see you guys in the Discord for the exclusive Discord topics this week. Get some activity in there. Get you guys chatting. And kind of get some ideas of what you would like to see from the podcast. And if there's any games or things you want me to stream on the YouTube channel or on the live stream, I keep I should say. I'm doing it on YouTube, but it's really for everywhere. Anyway, I'm Simi Rye. Thank you guys so much for chilling for another week on that podcast with Simi Rye. I hope you guys are having a great time. Peace.